and welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast. I am your host, Bram Verastro. I got three new guests with me today. No one that's ever been on here before with me, Gino Serafini. Gino, Hello. what's going on? Hey, what's up? Just got out of work. See how this goes. <laughs> also with me, Steve. Steve, was, I don't know how to pronounce your last that's name. Still. What's going on? Well, how are we doing? I'm good, I'm good, man. And over the phone, we got Dalton Rissinger. Dalton, what's good? How are you doing, boys? We are all right. We're all right. So let's get right into it. NBA Finals are set for the fourth straight year in a row. We got Cleveland versus Golden State. I'm, like, not interested at all. But we got to talk about it because it is the NBA Finals. Um, I expect this to go maybe five games. Warriors are going to win. Wow. I, I love... Like, LeBron's been phenomenal, but, I mean, this is four All-Stars. If Andre Iguodala's out, I might give them four six. Hall four Hall of Famers. Exactly. Yeah. So, if Andre Iguodala's out for, like, the first two games, I could see them, or, like, the first couple games, I could see Cleveland going making it six, but I say five. And this I, is this is without, yeah. you know, a guy like Kyrie, this is out without, you know, Kevin Love is out. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. He just needs to retire. Yeah, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I guess so. I'm definitely going to give – I'll try to give LeBron a little bit of the doubt because this this playoffs was really impressive with some of the performances. I'll say I'll say he still loses, but I'll, I'll say he takes two games. So Golden State in six. Golden State in six? All right. Yeah. Steve, how are we feeling? I'm leaning towards Golden State, but I'd love to see LeBron take another one home. See, that that's the thing with me. It's if, if, if LeBron were to win these finals – I don't know if you doubt him as the greatest of all time, and this is coming from a guy I don't who's been. S- I, I'm in the I'm in the same boat. Like I, I've been leaning on the uh, Michael Jordan train for the longest time, but yeah. as this season progressed and just uh, seeing the numbers and really just like looking at some of the performance he's had, I mean, I believe it was like Game Six where I was just like, "Holy shit!" with him uh, yeah. when he hit like two step back threes <coughs> in front of Jason Tatum like in a row. The second one, he's just screaming. I'm like, dude, he's like. He's, he's, on like, he, he's on that like that like Mamba like playoffs like don't mess with them level you know yeah. what I mean? It's actually it was actually disgusting to watch that as a Celtics fan. Dalton, how do you feel about these that series? Game seven. No, that game seven is where I was like LeBron is just on a different level when he made that layup at, and one with Marcus Morris literally like hanging on his back. It's just there's no way to doubt I, I think in my mind that he's the greatest of all time. But saying that this Warriors team is just. Heads above the Cavs. It's not even remotely close to my mind. I will give LeBron a game, but I think in five easily. I think this Warriors team is just so good, and they can turn it on whenever they want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was telling we were talking about we were talking me and Brandon earlier about it, and I was like, LeBron James doesn't just have to play well. Golden State has to play bad. Like like Brandon was saying, they have to play like they have never been on the court together. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's gonna be the issue is. I mean, there, do you have anyone that could stop any of these guys? Like, maybe Draymond. Draymond's not a scorer, so, I mean, that doesn't really matter. But no one can guard KD. No one can really guard Steph on that team. And no one, I don't even think anyone can guard Clay on that team either. So, without Kyrie, yeah. I mean, you needed Kyrie to put up those, have those 30, 40 point games. Mm-hmm. You don't have another guy that could score 15, like, the, the throughout Cavs, the series. The, like, Cavs, the Cavs bench also. What was that? Maybe you have Kevin Love, but the point is he's still coming off that concussion. I mean, he played pretty well in that first series of the playoffs, but he's just – I don't see him coming back and being able to a factor. If they put Draymond on him, then it's just done. So yeah. just, he can't do anything. Yep, exactly. The Cavs bench is just also not super consistent. 
No. I mean, there, there's some nights where where they're kind of putting up like three or four of them together <laughs> might get might give you thirty points, but like other nights it's just really rough to see like how alone LeBron sometimes feels on the court. Yeah, no, sometimes. It, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> all the time. Yeah, and you know, my knock with LeBron has always been when he got these players, it's he came out. This is actually against Boston, the first time this roster came together. Mm-hmm. He's him and Jr. Are saying we got a fucking squad. And now it's like, oh, well, LeBron's by himself. And to be fair, he is. I always thought that this roster wasn't better than the last one, to be honest. At least with the last one, you had some experience in the playoffs. I mean, Jordan Clarkson's not experienced, and he's not a good shooter. Larry Nance is not experienced. George Hill is 32, 33 years old. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. and, and he wasn't really, you know, a, a huge impact, you know, with the Kings. So why would he be with this team? I don't know. I just feel like this team kind of... Is you know, but they is, made it, it this far. They did make it this far, and that's what we're actually going to talk about real quick about these Eastern Conference Finals. Because for me, watching this was a fucking nightmare. Um, as a Celtics fan, we lost Game Seven at home, eighty-seven seventy-nine. Jalen Brown and Jason and uh, not Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier shot fucking horribly. I mean, they were pathetic. They shot three of twenty-two from three. Uh, they were just they made seven. Field goals between the two of them. It was it was awful, um, but I want to get your guy. Like that during the Sixers series, there. That would have been nice. They look like that in the Sixers series. I would have I would have enjoyed that thoroughly. I would have uh, loved to see uh, the Sixers instead get disassembled in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if we would be able to defend. I we might have been able to defend LeBron if like <coughs> if like Ben Simmons like somehow really stepped up or something. Yeah. Or, uh, but I don't know. I think the Cavs were destined to be in the finals anyway. Yeah, I think LeBron was just not going to let himself lose anywhere before the finals. And I said the Cavs before this series started. I said Cavs in six. So to be fair, I did pick the Cavs, and I was off by one game. So I'm happy the Celtics took it this far. Yeah, I was happy they took it this far. And the kid that's always on here, Justin Krinsky, said, I was... I'm disappointed in the season. I'm like, how could you be disappointed? We lost two of our best players and took LeBron in seven games. Mm-hmm. Like, did you really expect us to go this far? I'm getting sick of seeing the Warriors in it before I'm sick of seeing LeBron. I, I'd rather see LeBron every year than the Warriors. Yeah, back the War- to back to back. yeah I think, I think I'm, I'm feeling the same way about that. The Warriors were, like, initially cool when they started getting good because they were a franchise that, like, historically just didn't do as well as some mm-hmm. of the other powerhouses you saw in the league. And they drafted these players and built yeah. them up. And now they're just like they're the new villains. Mm-hmm. Like it's really hard. Like this super team era just feels like really off to me, man. I mean, like I don't like Golden State. Like I can't ever see them like losing a series, and like that's what I don't like. <coughs> exactly, and that's I felt like if Chris Paul was in Game Seven yeah. and yeah. fully yeah. healthy, they showed that they could it, be. It could have you know been different. Like in Game Six in Golden State, they could have won that game. Yeah. They could have won that game, and they could have won last night with Chris Paul, even after missing 27 that's threes in a row. That was that stat was incredible. That's the reason they lost right there. What was that? I mean, when you look at Chris, that's the reason they lost the 27 straight threes that they missed. I mean, Chris Paul would have made them easier shots, I guess, but if you're missing shots against the Warriors, you don't have a chance. You don't have any chance at all. The Warriors are just that much better in every area. Even against a team that, like with Houston, they were a historical team this year. It's just that Golden State might be the greatest team of all time for these past four years. Exactly. And, and the Rockets took them seven. I mean, that's 
for any team to take that's him that far, ride. that's yeah. yeah, that's really incredible. With KD, with Steph, with Clay, with Draymond, so it's it's it was awesome to watch. But at the same time, it's like I just I just feel as if Chris Paul was in there, it it just would have changed things. And I thought the officiating throughout the whole game. I mean, this whole season, the officiating's been pretty trashed, but especially in that game, I felt like. Like Rockets couldn't get a call to save their I heard life. They're like zero and eight when one of the refs that was refing last night refs their games. They're like zero and eight in the series. Yeah, I mean that's. I love how the stats come up for that yeah. too. That's that's nice to know. Realizing like, okay, well we're probably gonna lose this game because the refs are here. But I don't know. I just what like James Harden had a couple threes that you know he should have probably got called for fouls, shooting fouls, and they got called regular yeah. fouls, and yeah. it was just. Eric Gordon got demolished down low by two players. I mean, like, it wasn't even, like, a thought to, like, not call it a foul. And they didn't. They just let that go. And I'm like... In Houston, too. Yeah, in Houston. That That's what was really surprising. In Houston, you couldn't get a call. But, I mean, I think the 27 three-pointers is probably the biggest problem being missed. I mean, you can't miss 27 in a row. Consecutive, yeah. How yeah, was that, was, that was disgusting to actually watch. Side note. Especially uh, with a team like Houston like that. That yeah. seems like... Yeah, the fact that they were only down, they only lost by like nine is incredible to be honest. Like, <laughs> like that's, really it's, I don't know how they cut it to single digits in a loss, but they did. But they're up what, 15 at one point? 12, 15? Yeah, something like that. I, I don't think they got past 12. Side note, I was just thinking about this. Uh, what are the Golden State contracts like? Like, uh, it, uh, is all the star players, the key components, signed for a while, or are we? I think could we this see is Steph's, a pers- this is Steph's last year in his contract this year. I think. I mean, like, how KD, how hard? I do think you, KD's an unrestricted free agent. I don't know. How, how hard do you think it is yeah. to KD's like? Got how, that, so, KD's got that player contract coming up, but for the most part, they're basically all signed. Clay has his contract is up after next year, but he had just said that he would take a $50 million pay cut to keep this team together. Wow. Everyone was saying like that was going to be the spot that was going to break it all up. Clay was going to be leaving. He was going to go get his money somewhere because they couldn't fit that person in there. Yeah. And now he's saying he's going to take this massive pay cut, and that just means well, it's like it's like when the groundhog sees a shadow or something. You got six more years of Warriors, and it's just what are you going to do? Yeah. Why yeah. I did see the quote on Twitter, come to think of it, where like somebody asked, how does it feel to feel like, be like undervalued or underappreciated? And he just talked about like I live in the Bay Area. I'm paid handsomely. My team's great. Like I really don't care. Yeah. And like, how could you argue with the guy? I mean, like, would you want to leave that squad? I mean, like, no. NBA players yeah. make a great deal of money, and like, I I don't know if salary was getting paid now, but what is a fifty million dollar pay cut considering he probably has other outlets of revenue? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's one, thing, it's one thing to be on a losing team getting paid a ton of money. You're gonna want to leave eventually. You want to win. Yeah. What's the what's the point in playing if you're not winning? Exactly, and I think that um, you know, like I see things like Marcus Smart wanting to get t- paid twelve to fourteen million, and it's like, I mean, Granny, he, he he's been pretty playing great for us, but it's like, I mean, are we like, one guy that's much better than Marcus Smart is going to take probably less money than Marcus Smart will. Yeah. And that's that's just incredible that the Warriors are able to set that up for themselves. Yeah. It's also annoying because now we have to watch the Warriors <laughs> until literally they're just like too old to actually be better than the rest of the teams. Okay, but hopefully they're not like Tim Duncan. You know, you know, well, Tim Duncan's on that team. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Tim Duncan Dude, was... I'm not dealing with it. They're not becoming the new Spurs, man. Well, it's the forever good Tim Spurs. Duncan, if he takes $50 million, left less to say there. That's for sure. Dear that God. Is, 
That is true. That is true. Tim Tim took pay cut after pay cut every fucking every time he was ready for. That's a franchise player right there. It that's is. You want. Absolutely. Yeah. That's hard to find. No, that's it's. Really I, don't, I don't think it's possible anymore. I don't think you're gonna find somebody with that mind state. No, you really can't. Like, I mean, granted, Clay probably was set up nice because I think his dad was actually an NBA player. Yeah, his dad was an NBA I player. Think his dad was an NBA player. Yeah. yeah. Nearly half that Warriors team are all come from this NBA lineage, so I'm not surprised that in the slightest. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I mean, they can purebreds. Let's let's just talk about the fact that now we have Javale McGee and Swaggy P in the NBA Finals. <laughs> That is just ridiculous. Like, that's how great the Warriors are. They were able to take Swaggy P to the fucking finals. It's that... a reunion of the process Sixers. You got Iggy, you got Jamel yeah. McGee, yeah. you got Nick Young. We, yeah. we, we had it going. We just we just didn't connect the other pieces. We needed Steph and all of them. We, we forgot. Yeah, yeah. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. But, you know, we were close. We were yeah. pretty close to it. Just a couple hundred millions <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just right there. I mean, they were right there. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I can't complain about Philly sports this year, though. I had a, I had a, I had a great time. Yeah. So let's let's um let's segue to this. So Colin Coward made a top ten NBA players list, and I mean I don't listen to the guy much in terms of NBA because he knows one player and one player only, but he's starting to grow a love for another one. So much so he put him in the top five. So, according to his top 10 list, we'll go from 10 to 1. So, 10 is Clay Thompson, 9 is Kyrie Irving, 8 is Kawhi Leonard, 7 is Giannis, 6 is James Harden, and then at 5, he put Ben Simmons, 4 Steph Curry, 3 Anthony Davis, 2 Kevin Durant, 1 LeBron James. Now, I wouldn't have a problem putting Ben Simmons in your top 10, maybe. I don't necess- I don't agree at all with top five, especially right now. If at some point he can actually be a top five player once he forms a jump shot, which I think he will. But at the same, like right now, I don't see him being better than James Harden or Giannis or Kawhi. Ma- you you can make the case for Clay Thompson and Kyrie, but I would, I don't yeah, know. I would put like Dalton just said Embiid over Ben yeah, Simmons at yeah. this point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Embiid's not on there. I I understand Russell had a rough season, but I think Russell's still better at this very moment. Yeah. I just I don't I didn't really understand it. I don't know. I mean, how, do you guys make sense of this? Do you agree? I mean, as a 76ers fan, um, Ben Simmons hype beast. I, I do love watching him play, and him and Joel just it's a joy every time. But uh, honestly, I wouldn't put Ben Simmons even in the top ten at this point. I mean, he's a He's a great player, and uh, if he gets that jump shot and continues improving like like he seems to be, I think he's going to ma- make a run like for top the number one player when it, when it comes to his time. Right. But but uh, at this point, I wouldn't even put him in the top ten. That's fair. That's yeah, insane. That's, that's kind of the way I'm feeling right, with, it, with it too. I mean, I, he's such a great player, and I don't want to ever say that you know, like me saying bad things about. Ben Simmons, I love the guy. I love everything about his game. But even past, like, just the jump shot, he's got so many things that he needs to work on before he's in a top-five player in the league. I mean, just watch that ben, that Celtic series. You know, he picked up his dribble way too often. He didn't cut. When this guy is 6'10", he could be the best cutter in the NBA. He could be Dwayne Wade but 6'10". And he just didn't. He stood there a lot of the time. He doesn't shoot well. But 
I understand why he put him high, not top five high, especially when you have a guy who legitimately could be a top five player on the same team as Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You yeah. can't put Joel Embiid in the top five or top ten. I would have understood that one. The guy might be defensive player of the year. He was first or, you know, almost first team All-NBA, an All-Star. You can't put Ben Simmons up there just yet. No, I, I, it's too early to call that. That's like saying Kareem Hunt's one of the best running backs in the NFL. <laughs> exactly. And I just, I don't know, I, I think he's just kind of grown a love for guys who can pass, rebound, and like, score. It's something new. It's nice to see something new. Somebody it come is. in and Absolutely. Show like he has, but yeah, no, it's it's not, and, and there's a lot of talent coming up in the NBA. But I think Ben Simmons could end up being, like Gino said, the best player in the league. I don't think that's going to happen in the next. It's not going to happen overnight. No, no, definitely not. No, definitely not. And you still got Anthony Davis, who's really young. You still got, I mean, stuff. Yeah, Giannis. Uh, how old is James Harden? Is he old? James Harden is like probably like 30. twenty. Is he really? Wow. Is he 30? He was in the league. He was. He played with the Thunder for a while. He was there, what, two, three seasons? I, came in, I think he came in in 09. I think it was his first year. I think he's like, late, like, late, late 20s. Okay. Is it still bad that 09? I'm like, oh, that was last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, it doesn't even feel like 09 was that long ago. But you still got Kawhi, who's pretty young, too. If he plays. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's a question that we have to, you know, we have to find out. But you still got Kyrie and... There's just a bunch of guys in the NBA right now that I just don't see being, you know, being worse than Ben Simmons. There's guys who come in who are all-around better players than him right off the bat. That's mm-hmm. why I don't see. I mean, unless he evolves a hell of a lot. I yeah. Yeah, I think he sure could be. I, I think he could end up being a top ten player in the NBA at some point, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's after this season. I, I think especially the, after these playoffs. I, mean, I, I think the atrocious. huge huge bound with him is just the jump shot. I mean, that opens up so much for him because he's just a guy that tries to drive on you. And if he can't get the drive, that's where he's, like, hitting all these passes that we're always talking about here. But when he's able to mix in, like, I possibly get a mid-range jumper on you and you have to, like, second-guess whether he's driving or not, I He'd think that's like just going to be Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Durant 2.0, then. Yeah. I dream of a day where you could see a Ben Simmons and Joe Allen beat pick and roll, and that's just not. <laughs> Dude. People, people just sag off him and he can't do anything. I'll, I'll be shit-talking on Twitter every day. <laughs> that's, that's my number one game is being a Sixers fanatic and homer. But, you know, I, I just I think that Ben Simmons could be there you know, as soon as next year if he corrects a lot of stuff in his game, even without the jump shot, because he was so effective. He did things that were historically good this year. Like, people who are 6'10 or taller with 500 assists, there's only two people on that list. That's Ben Simmons and Wilt Chamberlain. And it's just he did some historically good things this year. It's just he's got a lot of things to work on. It was only his rookie year. Exactly, yeah. I just I don't want to buy into the hype too much yet because it's his rookie year. I mean, that's just the dumbest argument you can have really i just i don't i i you know i'm not really sure if there's anything else wrong with this list that's really the egregious one to me i feel like clay thompson being 10 is a bit egregious as well i think there's players better than him i really think that clay thompson is one of the most underrated players in the entire nba absolutely this guy this guy can shoot up the drill he makes that team go sometimes with how long he is defensively and how just incredible he is a shooter he opens things up he's like he has so much weight it's like you saw you know i'm a big sixers fan once again so like you see what happens when jj reddick was on the floor for the sixers the weight that he carries and clay thompson is like that tenfold and i just i think he's such an underrated player 
he is an underrated player, don't get me wrong, and I think that he deserves a lot more credit than he gets. But top 10 is... Where, I, where would you put him in shooting guards in the league? See, the shooting guard position is just so not great. Not like it, not yeah. like early 2000s. Yeah. No, definitely was... not like early 2000s. I mean, you got DeMar DeRozan. Do you, I don't know if you could still consider James Harden a shooting guard at this point. He's, no, he's no. everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's an off-ball combo guard more. See, that's the thing with positions. You see a lot like of combo players too. Yeah, a lot of player like there's no there's not a whole lot of true players anymore. Like you, you see them playing like two spots. Yeah, mm-hmm. and one thing with Clay is one knock against Clay, he has the dribbling ability of a fourth grader who hasn't learned how to play basketball yet. It's like you and Melo. Yeah, just like me. <laughs> it's, it's it's disgusting. I like I saw him lose. Like he was just like dribbling, and he's just like right in front of him. And PJ Tucker was like, "Well, okay, I guess I'll just take that ball and run the other way with it." Like I, I don't know. Like that's the only knock I have I have against. Uh, Clay Thompson, I just, but I think there's better players like Joel Embiid. I think is better. I would I think. like to see what he'd do alone though with his own team. Yeah, I we're not going to experience gonna it. No, 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 I don't think we're ever going to experience it now that he just said he's going to take you know 100 million away. But. There's there's just so much going on there though that these players can't. You've seen how much KD has come down from you know. Kevin Durant carrying the thunder to, you know, it's Kevin Durant and the Warriors. It's also yeah. easy to say, oh, I'll take a $50 million pay cut until that $50 million is in your face. And then you're saying, well, now I'm not sure. Especially but who's going like, to give him that like much the money? Sixers comes yeah. and offers him a max. How can you turn down playing with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? You know? I guess, yeah. Um, Philly's not for everybody. We'll see, we'll see if he, like... Players either really love or hate Philly. I mean, Philly fans really embrace you, but they also get on you when you are not performing well. Yes. I mean, Robert, poor Robert Covington. I have some. I have some. I have some coworkers from from uh, Wegman's shout out back in the day, and they were just like, I'm on Facebook barely anymore, but I just see them trashing him like par- paragraphs of like pure hatred. I'm like, dude, oh god. Yeah. After one playoff series. Defensive player, you know, defensive team this year. It's just yeah. ridiculous how much people hate on him. Yeah, no, he's... Shout out to Robert Covington. Got a picture with him. Got a selfie with him. So shout out to Robert oh, really? Covington. But, um, yeah, no, I, I just think he had one really bad series against the Celtics. Like, he was yeah. pretty bad in that yeah. series. He like had game, one, two, game two. Game two, I was just going to say, he had yeah. game two, and that was really about it. Like, I didn't really see much out of Robert Covington, but he's been great all year, so I can't really knock him at all. Yeah. But... Came Back. from nowhere too. Like I mean, like like literally, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Like his uh, rap, <coughs> rapid improvement. You know, like just giving him, like giving him all the, those minutes, like really paid off for us. Yeah, like one, like one day, like you know, it was like Robert Covington's just gonna be one of those guys that like is on the Sixers, and then they're gonna let him go once they actually get good players. And now he's like a key player to this team. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. But. Back to this top ten list. Is there anyone that you guys would put on here over anyone on this list? Like, we're saying Ben Simmons. Like, let's just say Ben Simmons is not top ten. Who are we putting in there? Who are we else are we taking out? What are we doing here? I, I think, like as you said, Embiid could definitely take place. But I mean, Ben Simmons is out. Um, uh, <laughs> Embiid's somewhere between eight and ten. I feel. Yeah, yeah. I feel like James Harden should be five. Like. James Harden should move up. Giannis, Kawhi. I actually think Kawhi is probably top five. Yeah, we just haven't a seen a whole lot of him. For me, when he's healthy, I love Kawhi Leonard. I think he's the most di- most dynamic person not named LeBron James in basketball right now. Yeah, yeah, I would say he's top five. Then I'd probably put him over Giannis. So let's just say you switch Ben Simmons and Kawhi, and then just take Ben Simmons out. No. I'd probably put Joel 
at eight, Kyrie at nine, and I'd probably put Russell Westbrook at ten. But yeah. I think Russell Westbrook. Russell is Damian Lillard. Damian. Oh, uh, yeah. Damian's, like, pretty slept on. He, I, he, he, he's good, but, like. college. I love yeah. him. Yeah, you've been, you've been a, a Damian Lillard fan for a while. I remember you talking about him. I, I don't know if you listened the last time we talked about the Blazers, but I went on his, I was on his ass because he got <laughs> swept. And the, I don't know how you get swept. Man. I feel like the, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum on that Blazers team is just destined to be a five seed and get swept in the first round for every year until they retire. Yeah. That's why I have a problem. I just don't think that. Yeah, you got the all, all NBA first team this year. I just uh, Damian Lillard doesn't feel like a guy that, you know, maybe he proves me wrong. He just doesn't feel like a guy that deserves to be in top ten in the NBA status. And I don't care. You know, really, what he's done in Portland because he's just not—he just doesn't have, you know, that over-the-top game. I feel like he's not going to carry a team. But is that because he plays for Portland? No, I don't think it's because he plays for Portland. I think it's because of who he is. They built that team around him. It's his mm-hmm. team in Portland. You know, yes, and it is. they did—they've done a decent job. I mean, CJ McCollum's no slouch, and you know, they had a couple other guys, but it's just like. I don't, I don't see it with Willard. I think he gets a little too wild at times, and I think he, he tends to just play hero ball a lot. And I don't think that wins unless you are a Kevin Durant or someone like that, you know? And I don't think he's there. And even with Kevin Durant, that doesn't really win too much. So it, it hurts you. When I was watching that series, I mean, Drew Holiday locked his ass up. Yeah. Him yeah. and Rajon Rondo locked the back the backcourt of the Blazers up, and that's what they have. That's their their best thing going for them. I mean, Nurkic is not a bad center, but he's not going to take over a game for you. Yeah. None of these no, guys no. they have, Evan Turner's not going to do anything. <laughs> no, I remember Evan Turner, remember? <laughs> and, I, you know, Evan Turner's funny. I mean, he's a funny guy, but he's not, you know, a p- basketball player that's going to, like, change a series for you at all. I for, I for, seventh man or sixth man? Yeah, I, I, I forget, what, what is the year of hope for Evan Turner with the Sixers? I, I honestly forget at this point. But whatever, I, whenever they won the playoffs the first the first round I believe like 2001 yeah yeah, uh, about 2011, 2012, when they got off to a, an amazing pace because Iggy had been like defensive team, uh, you know, Drew Holiday came out of nowhere, and then the next year they traded for Andrew Bynum, and things. Are that was so stupid. That was so. Dude, side note: I the only reason I, I I'm glad Golden State wins is because I want to see Iggy get rings. I've always uh, loved that player. Be, be, be a Sixers fan, like that's my only reason to semi root for Golden State at any point. Yeah. That's pretty true. I love I love Iggy. I also root for future Sixer LeBron James. So, <laughs> oh, oh. dude, I don't want him. I, it's not it's not like I don't think he's a great player or anything, but I just I feel like we're gonna have to give up pieces I don't want to give up. I honestly I, I don't know who'd be the best fit out of like the three perspective people that we've been talking about uh, on Twitter. Everybody between uh, they want Ka- either Kawhi, LeBron, or um, Paul George. George. Yeah, Paul George. I I'd, I'd rather Kawhi. Um, At I, this point. I'd rather Kawhi. 100%. I think I'd rather Kawhi the most. I love Kawhi the player, and I think that LeBron James is the better player. I think the only problem with Kawhi is that you're going to have to give up a Markel Fultz or, you know, two two lottery picks or something along those lines. That's true. But I just don't think that with LeBron, 
the most we have to would give away. Even we don't have to give anything away to fit his salary to free agent, but to fit people around him. Yeah, you're talking about maybe you're trading away a Jared Bayless or mm-hmm. like a Timothy Wawu Cabarro or something like that. That's I'll take true. that over trading a Markel Fultz for Kawhi Leonard. That is true. That is very true. I I I I kind of forgot that LeBron's a free agent this year, but I you know I would rather I obviously you would rather LeBron over Paul George, especially yeah, after yeah. that game six he had. But Paul I Paul George feels like tier B, like tier two. See, see, like uh, I, yeah, I get that, and I don't. I think like I think it'd be a fifty-fifty man. I mean, like I think he would be a decent fit. He'd be he'd be a, a pretty good shooter that we need. Uh, I I think uh, he wouldn't take away too much from what Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are trying to do. I I I don't think. Obviously, I I guess I prefer Kawhi in, in a perfect world or something like that. But I don't think he would be a bad. I wouldn't be upset if we got him by any stretch. You know what I mean? Yeah, the thing with LeBron and coming to the Sixers is I see the very valid points of coming with it. You know, it brings a lot of anxiety. Look at the Cavs fans have had to deal with about, you know, whether he's going to leave or is he going to leave? Is he coming back or what's this? And, you know, that's a lot of anxiety put on fans. He does change the overall structure of a team the second that he gets there. Mm-hmm. But my overall thing is if you have a chance to sign the greatest player to ever live and what still could be miraculously his prime – you do it. You find a way to fit, especially when you have someone who fits that mold of LeBron James who can learn a lot from LeBron James. I just think that. that you have to. You have to. You have to yeah. sign the best player in the world when you have a chance. Yeah, that's very true. And, it, you know, you can't really get everything in a perfect world. So if, if you if you have to minimize Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid's game for LeBron, which basically guarantees an NBA Finals appearance at that point, mm-hmm. you probably have to do it. And that would be an awesome teacher for Ben Simmons to have at a more personal level being on the same team. Yeah. Yeah, that would help. And you think about that, you know, he could come here for three, four years, and when, when he leaves, Ben Simmons is going to be 24, 25. Joel Embiid will be 26. You're not ruining the, the prime of these players' career. These aren't people that you're coming in and saying, all right, we're taking the reins away from you completely, you know. It's not someone like that. It's someone that... He's coming here to teach these young guys who just wildly exceeded expectations how to truly win in the NBA, you know, in the NBA game. <coughs> exactly, and that's hopefully no one um, in Philly, the young guys, play bad because LeBron will get them traded immediately. So <laughs> that's that's by the team. That's there'll be, be a meme. There'll be a meme auto-generated as soon as he's traded to the Sixers. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait with that. Yeah. Yeah, Markel Fultz will be gone. Robert Covington, if he if he we'll get Jr. Smith again. Yeah, bring Jr. Smith back. He's like handcuffed. Yeah, he's, he loves. Yeah, I was listening to the, the rights to Ricky Sanchez, and they're talking about they don't want to see Dario get Arthur memed into like Mario Chalmers or something like that. Hmm. So Dario, that guy made out. Mario Chalmers, luckiest man alive. Yeah, Mario Chalmers. <laughs> Mario Chalmers, I, I remember seeing a tweet about Mario Chalmers being better than Derrick Rose just because he had more rings. That, but it was is, funny. Isn't that really the argument with LeBron and Jordan, though? It is, no, but, like, when it comes to, like, I mean, because obviously LeBron and Michael Jordan's talent are pretty much, like, yeah, but neck and neck. I don't think like Mario Chalmers and Derrick Rose's talent no, are neck no. and neck, so no. that's probably the reason why. All right, um, yeah, the only thing I would have to say about this list is, um, Fuck Colin Coward. That's pretty much <laughs> my basis on this whole thing because I can't stand him. So let me let me just bring back because I have to talk about this Celtics team just losing. But because we've talked about the Sixers way too much, I'm gonna throw up. So the Celtics they lost, and 
you know, a lot of people have been saying, let's trade Kyrie, and I want to kill someone. Like, I really do. I hate that fucking argument. Let me ask you, if if Kyrie was still with the Cavs this season, do you think that they would have possibly won, if not took the Warriors to seven games in the finals this year? Yes. Yes to, they would have won? They would have taken it at least to seven. I agree. I, th- I think they take the take home the W. That's the difference with Car- like people are like, oh, we got Terry Rozier. Well, that's great. Well, he shot two of fourteen <laughs> in Game Seven and zero of ten from three. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just keep Terry Rozier. Well, Kyrie has shitty games too. But Kyrie, he has shitty games. But Kyrie in the playoffs is, he's. That's what I'm saying. There's a difference between like, okay, let's take Terry Rozier. He'll get us to the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. and then. Kyrie Irving, okay, he's gonna win us a finals, yeah, yeah. or at least make the finals healthy. more interesting. Yeah, if he stays healthy, that's, that's what I'm saying when he's healthy. But you know, I just don't like those arguments of Kyrie getting traded because Terry Rozier had a really good playoffs. <laughs> it just, I yeah. love Terry Rozier. I was, I was one of the guys that said when Terry Rozier got drafted, he's gonna be a stud. Well, what happens if he doesn't work out and you get rid of Kyrie? Then, then what? Well, that's what I'm saying. We don't get that's rid why, of it. Yeah. yeah, that's why. Well, then you have a plethora of draft picks for yourself. And I hate the Celtics, but I also <coughs> think that if you have a chance to trade Kyrie for, let's say, and this is strictly a hypothetical world, but some, sometime in the offseason, you know, New Orleans has been talking about trading Anthony Davis for, you know, years now because they just can't build around him. You wouldn't trade, you know, Kyrie Irving to pair Anthony Davis with all that young talent around him. I think that that's something that you could really look at. And plus, they get the Kings pick next year from the Sixers trade for Markel Fultz. I think they have a lot of assets that I don't think that trading Kyrie Irving is what I would do. But for the right trade, I don't think that that... I think it makes them more scary if they trade, went out and traded Kyrie Irving for an Anthony Davis or someone like that. Obviously, I but that's not him. a realistic trade I because I don't think Anthony saying, Davis like, is it, trading it, him. It would be Kyrie plus, but the Celtics have a pack that have like a, so many assets in it. It pains me to say it, but they have so many pieces that they can make any trade in the NBA work, and I truly believe that. Whether it be giving up too much or not, I do think a package of Kyrie plus whatever they want to give to New Orleans is pretty tough to turn down. Right. So I don't know. I just feel as if we should probably just run this team back one more year. I mean, you still got Gordon Hayward. He's going to be back mm-hmm. next season. Jason Tatum has been shown he's a star. Jalen Brown, pretty much the same thing besides that last game. And you still got Terry Rozier coming off the bench. You'll have Marcus Smart coming off the bench. You still have Marcus Morris for one more year. This team is going to be, and Horford, who comes through every single playoffs, especially playing Joel Embiid because he'd fucking lock down Joel. But anyway. Um, Watch yourself, guys. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just speaking facts here. This is just a fact. But, no, but I think this team has a lot, a lot of pieces around it that could still you know, go to an NBA Finals and possibly win. Even if LeBron goes to the Sixers, I still think they could put up a fight. I still think it would go seven. So, I don't know. I just think that trading Kyrie bullshit is ridiculous. And I'd hate to see that. Yeah, I would too, especially after the year he had. He did one of the most efficient years he's ever had. And especially watching him play defense was surprising. So, you know. I saw a tweet today, actually. It said, um, if Tyron Lue was the coach for the Celtics team that just played in the playoffs, they would be sizing out rings right now. I'm like, are I you? Didn't a... see that. What? I saw that as well. Uh, that was the. It was um. Who tweeted that? Chris Palmer. That's who it was. Chris Palmer. And it was the dumbest tweet <laughs> I think I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. That was the stupidest thing I've He's ever seen. He's not even the coach of the Cavs. I know. <laughs> like, like what? I don't. I don't like. He was just like. I, he's like, how are you gonna make me a believer in Brad Stevens? I'm like, what made you a believer in Tyron Lue? When he got stepped over. 
I guess. Yeah. And LeBron was like, let me just do he this. Knew, he, yeah. knew, he knew he would take the back seat. He was destined to take the back seat from that moment on. Yeah, he was like, all right, well, I guess that's the end of my career now. <laughs> he did win that He did win that finals, but it wasn't because of him. To call LeBron coach. Yep, exactly. So, let's talk about this. I saw on Facebook yesterday. So, Cassius Marsh, he is a defensive end for the 49ers now, but he did play with the Patriots, I forget what year. But... That's neither here nor there. Uh, he had a quote I saw yesterday about the New England Patriots and playing there. He says, They don't have fun there. There's nothing fun about it. There's nothing happy about it. I didn't enjoy any of my time there. It made me, for the first time in my life, think about not playing football because I hated it that much. That was a that was Cassius Marsh on playing with the Patriots. This Patriots stories, man, they're, they're getting wild now. I mean, there's just so many things going on in New England. It's yeah. just shocking. I don't know. Like, I don't know the player super well, so I don't know if there's any behavior problems or if, like how he likes to act during practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know if like he meant like the drills weren't fun or if like you weren't allowed to talk in between or like what? What, whatever it was. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're at a football. I, I think you should be able to have fun at your job, whether you're a football player or whether you're a cashier. But um. I don't know. I'd really like some more detail on it. I just saw that quote as well, yeah. so I don't know enough to like comment to any sort of effective, um, any sort of effective amount. Where else has he played? See, that's the thing. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like, I just. I've never even heard about this. Guy. I don't know. I don't know much like, of a backstory on it, but I feel like. I feel like that's that's a winning team. If, if he like he plays for the Niners now. Yeah. Right. Say you know he's having fun now with the Niners because the Niners have been a joke since 2012. Pretty much, yeah. You know they haven't been good in years. I mean, granted, five wins. Garoppolo's good. They're not good. Yeah. But you're going from a team that's you know a Super Bowl favorite every year. You know it's nothing but seriousness. Which unless they play the be. Eagles. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to say that. <laughs> um. They're going from you know. A serious program to maybe I don't want to say a joke, but somewhere that's they're not on as the rise, but they're not. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are saying they could make the playoffs, and I think they can, depending on Garoppolo's play. But I don't think that they're better than the Patriots by any means. No, no, not at all. So it's it's a little interesting to see that. Now he was uh, before he played for the Patriots one year in 2017. So that 2000. Was- that was last year, yeah. not not when they just lost the Super Bowl the year they won the Super yeah. Bowl against the Falcons. So he played for the Seahawks from 14 to 16, mm-hmm. New England one year, and then he just went to the 49ers last year and then this right. year. So he's been with winning teams. Right, exactly. I, I can't see much of a difference between the Seahawks and the Pats. I mean, I co- think that there's a big difference between the way that those coaching styles, you know, yeah, between sure. That's what and, I was gonna say. Uh, Bill Belichick. Do you think Carroll's more laid back? Yeah, I think... Carroll's more laid back. Yeah, I think that Carroll is much more of a guy that is going to let the players have a little bit of their personality show. I mean, look at the people like Michael Bennett and Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas and Ken Chancellor. These guys are fighting on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really just, I I think he was talking more about the coaching than the other players on the team. I think Bill Belichick. The coach itself, like, allows that to happen. Yeah, yeah. What what were you Belichick has caused a lot of problems there lately, and I, obviously he's the 
yeah. to me he's the greatest coach of all time but he's like caused such problems there with you know whether you know I feel like it, that stuff with him and Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski it's causing some riff like riffraff in that clubhouse and I think for someone like you know Cassius Marsh who was a backup defensive end for these guys it causes problems they don't they start listening to some other guys that might be talking about hey this is not fun here I'm not having fun and then it turns into a, a breeding ground for problems I think that's just what you're seeing with the Patriots and it happens to a lot of great dynasties towards the end of it well that's like with Malcolm Butler they sat him for the Super Bowl two years ago he was their the hero of the Super Bowl they sat him and what was the issue with that didn't he have he was late for curfew, or he was found smoking weed, or something like that. I forget what it is. I think it, I know the, the devil's curfew. lettuce. No way, get out I mean, of here. It's one thing if, if he was, if he wasn't following team rules. There was but. some sort of report that he was, you know, he, they saw, thought he was high coming back to the, the hotel. It didn't matter to me. He should have been playing in the biggest game that they had because he's their best cornerback. Yeah. But just, but like you said, as an example, that is just a problem with with Belichick. He, he's getting a little, you know. He, he's not like he's not getting a little. He's always been this way, but he's just sort of, you know, it's my way or the highway. And when you get these star players coming in and they they start making a name for themselves, it becomes a problem, and people start listening to that, and that has influence in a locker room. And I just think that you know you're starting to see the cracks in what is one of the greatest dynasties to ever happen in American sports. And I think the problem is with you know taking down the Patriots is the in the AFC especially this year. I don't think there's a whole lot of competition for the Patriots. Like, you, you got the Steelers, but they never come up against the Patriots. <laughs> they never come up. The next team is what? Jacksonville or Houston Jacksonville. or Indianapolis? Jacksonville is no joke, yeah. my friend. What was that? Jacksonville, Jacksonville is no joke. Uh, defense, they, no they, joke. they do not get enough credit. Mm-hmm. They don't get enough credit, but I think that the... I, I don't love Blake Bortles. I never have, and I probably never no. will as far as that goes. They surprised me. They really just surprised me. Yeah, they surprised me last year. They were great last year, but I knew that they weren't going to beat Tom Brady. I mean, they were up whatever... I, I forget what they were up. 13-3 to three or something. Mm-hmm. I knew the Patriots were still going to win that game. I said it. I told my Their friends... Their offense lost what, that game for them, though. 100%. I think, oh, that, defense, I think that defense, hands down... Oh, that oh, that defense was incredible. But once you're off the, you know, you're on the, you're off the field for only four plays. It kind of hurts to get back but on the there and was, try to stop the greatest quarterback of all the time. The Patriots, the Patriots defense wasn't as good as it was the year before. Yeah, past year. Oh yeah, exactly. Even, that's why I was. That's why you got to blame the offense for that loss. If but yeah, hundred percent. And I don't. I don't think if the Patriots and the Jaguars played again this year, I don't think the Jaguars come up and win that game. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I think the only real, like, crack in the armor to the Patriots is, I mean, like, Nick Foles. Let's talk about just a quarterback <laughs> to disassemble one of the greatest to ever do it. I mean, the Eagles just really, like, said, like, this is all you now. We don't care even if Carson Wentz wasn't hurt. <coughs> we we're still going to play you because we know you're as tonight. I think – I don't think our defense – I'm an Eagles fan. I don't think our defense was as good as Jacksonville's, but I no. think that we had no. the offense. And that's exactly what I said in, in the NFC uh, championship game. I said if – their offense steps up. I think their defense could do it. Their offense has to step up in order to beat the Pats. They didn't step up. It was really just what offense was going to mess up first, and that's when Tom Brady mm-hmm. fumbled the ball. That's pretty much how that game went. Because yeah. Tom Brady fumbled the ball, but he also dropped the pass. That would have been... Oh, yeah. All those things are... Nick Foles caught the pass. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I, I love those. Yeah, right, he did. Dude, it was... It, that was... First off, great play call. Second off, the funniest That was the tweets. scariest play call. It, oh, absolutely. Was, oh. It's it's terrifying. But at the same time, it was just great. Because I, mm-hmm. I saw Nick Foles open. I'm like, well, all he has to do is catch it. 
and he caught it. Like, well, Tom Brady didn't catch his pass. So that's unfortunate. To do. Yeah, it's. I would have killed to be in Philly when they won. I was just at, at, at school in State College, and like, there's a fair amount of Philly fans there. You get like people from Pennsylvania. <coughs> but even then, I'm like doing fly eagles flies. I'm walking down the streets, and everyone's out their windows like screaming it. That was like a great atmosphere to be in. Still. Oh yeah. No. I can tell you very firmly. I live in Philly for school, and uh, for that Super Bowl victory. I have never seen that amount of people in one area at one time. And just to give you, like, it, like, you walk out of your house, and I don't live anywhere close to, I live, like, I don't know, maybe a mile and a half from Center City. But the second you walked out of your house, you saw hundreds, hundreds of people just running, running and blowing off fireworks, and you hear yelling and screaming. And people are people are buying beer. They're throwing it. The cops are grabbing beers off the guys walking down the street. We got in the Center City, and the cars are coming down the street, and, there was a police van that people were jumping up on top of and dancing on top of. They were jumping off, you know, awnings of the Ritz Carlton. I didn't condone all that. It's just no, that was wild. And then, I mean, like Kelsey's victory speech though at the parade, man. I'm pretty sure he could have got the city of Philly to rally and just throw like an overtaking of the government. Yet everyone's like <laughs> testosterone. Any amount of testosterone that was in those human beings was all flowing, and he had them at his command as soon as he cursed, man. I, it was I just think- like. Whoa! I think if you yeah, said yeah. go down to Boston and destroy the city, they, they would, all the fans would have gone. Fucking march. Yeah. <laughs> march they ran down. Single file line. They would have ran down from American Philly Revolution to Boston. American Revolution style. Yeah. Dude, it would have... That was also an incredible game to watch. But let's let's just talk about the NFL this upcoming season. So there's a lot of NFC teams to watch out for. I, You got the Eagles, obviously, because they are Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. You got the Rams. They just signed really good defensive players. Mm-hmm. And they got Brandon Cooks from the Patriots. You got the Falcons. They still have Matt Ryan. They just signed. They just drafted Calvin Ridley along with Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman as the running back. Uh, the 49ers are on the come up. You still got the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. The Cowboys are always a team <laughs> to talk Packers about. It took, you five, it took you five teams to mention the Cowboys, my friend. Yes, it did. Oh. Did you guys make the playoffs last year? No, no, of no. course not. But okay. oh, oh, here we go. So a Philly guy, a, a guy who goes to school in Philly, likes Philly sports, but somehow is brainwashed at one point in his young, dumb life. I hope your door's locked. To like the Cowboys. <laughs> Let me tell you, dude. I, I, I hope you don't wear that Cowboys jersey too much in Philly. Oh, you know I do, and the funny, the best thing was when they had the draft here last year. Oh my and I'm walking around in my Des Bryant. I wore Romo for day two, <coughs> and it's just it's just a great time to be hated by every single person in your own city. It's pretty yeah. great. <laughs> That's you guys were really cool in the '90s for sure. <laughs> Gino, hey, buddy, we're coming back. Gino, I just want to let you know our producer is a Cowboys fan, and he said he just texted me and said you owe him twenty dollars now instead of twenty dollars. Damn, I, I gotta pick up another shift. Yeah, uh, don't don't beat me down. Just uh, give me a few day, days to do it. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, but you also still have the Vikings and Saints. You still have the Panthers. I mean, there's a plethora of teams in the in the mm-hmm. NFC that are just. It's amazing how it's differently stacked. Like it's so much like more competitive in that in I, that. The NFC me. was the was the conference these last couple years, but. Yeah, man. I, just, I wonder why it is. It's just better play. I, I don't think anyone yeah, wants like to play against the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost as if, like, it's like the NBA with LeBron. Like, uh, the East has been trash for, what, a mm-hmm. couple years now. No one wants yeah. to go against LeBron in the playoffs in the no. Eastern Conference. I mean, you still got Boston but in, and now Philly. But at that time, I mean, yeah. for the four years that LeBron was in Cleveland, I mean, who was he really going up against that was, you know, a threat. An actual threat, yeah. yeah so this is kind of like, 
what we're seeing now. Even in dating the NFL. back to when he was in Miami too. I mean, like. Yeah, you had the Pacers, it. but that was really about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how the NFC got this stack, but it did. I mean, there's a lot of threats. I mean, the Giants are the Giants are on the come up. They just signed Saquon Buck, uh, Barkley. You know, Detroit. You know, they still have Matt Stafford. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I mean, they're still a team to watch. You know, I think the thing that how these conferences get so stacked is you know you get these teams that are just so hell bent on competing with each other and like mm-hmm. one upping each other. And eventually, it creates you know this. this massive conference like in the AFC you're saying they have problems like competing with the, you know the Patriots and whatnot Patriots are doing things heads above everyone for years and you mm-hmm. see the incompetence in the AFC they just have no like it doesn't feel like any of those teams have like this one-upsmanship that the NFC does I don't know what it is but you know the Cowboys get a big offensive line so what do the Eagles do they go out and assemble probably the best defensive line in football and it's just like this one top like one tops the other you know what I mean and you don't see that in the AFC I don't know why I don't know what it is but it just seems like there's more incompetence in the AFC yeah I think that's very true I think that the only team like I said the only team that can really compete with the Patriots is the Steelers and Mike Tomlin's an idiot so I think Mike Tomlin is one of the most overrated Mike Tomlin is the equivalent to Doc Rivers in my opinion. Ooh. And a Celtics fan. I like that. I, I think Doc Rivers was an overrated coach. I think if Brad Stevens was the coach instead of Doc Rivers, we would have won more titles. You know, I, I like never had a problem with Mike Tomlin, but then what Ravens player did he trip? Did he trip a Ravens player? Yeah, he tripped watch. a Jacoby Jones. Night, yeah. I was like, dude... Come, come the hell on. Like, yeah. you're a coach. Just be on the sideline, man. Like, accept that you just got beat. My, and even Steelers fans now are looking at this team with Mike Tomlin and going, what the fuck? My biggest thing with them is they, on paper, I think they have the best offense in the NFL, hands down. Absolutely. On paper, hands down. They have arguably the number one receiver in the yeah. NFL. They arguably got, the number one running back. running back in the NFL. They got that, you know, great rapist quarterback. That, he's phenomenal. He's, how much time does he have left? I hope, is he? I hope this is his last year. I can't stand him. I really can't. I fucking I feel like him. I'm just waiting for him to like disintegrate into sand and drift away from the NFL. <laughs> well, he talks about retiring every goddamn year. You think he would actually... So does Larry Fitzgerald. And Mike just That's looks true. at him like, please, man, just yeah. hold on. Yeah. Just just one more year, please. I mean, they dra- who do they, they just drafted yeah, a quarterback who are, this year. Who right? are their backups? I, I really don't know the names. Oh, they just drafted a quarterback this year, and he was talked about should be... Don, do you know? Rudolph. Yeah, Rudolph. Yeah. They drafted Mason Rudolph, and you know they could say that that's going to be the answer. I don't think that Mason Rudolph is all that good. That Oklahoma State offense was just stacked. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Um, what you call that? I just think that that team is so much on the decline. That that defense can't hold anybody back, especially without Ryan Shazier. Yep. And then you look at. Ben looks like he's a corpse out there wobbling around on his two high ankle sprains that you know he's going to have a year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. No, you're right. It's 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 tragic to watch. The Steelers at all. Five interceptions Honestly. a game. Side note: when I was bo- when I was botting the host here in basketball, he gave me a high ankle sprain. What, what, like uh, when we were still in high school, like senior year. Those are no joke, man. Good on Ben for being able to play through the NFL. There, I was not able to walk through the hallways in any sort of effective manner. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> I don't even remember what year that was. That was that was senior year, I think. Junior year. We had to carry you to your car. Remember that? Dude, that was. I thought it was bad, man. Like I, I'm a man who was fortunate enough, even though I played soccer and stuff, like. Not, I just didn't get hurt, and like that one, like it was just scary. I just landed, and the ankle t- felt. I felt the ankle, man. I was like, "Take off my shoe. What's oh, going on right now?" <laughs> I've had a, I've had a couple of ankle sprains. They're they not fun. Suck. 
Yeah. Dude, they're awful. Dude, I don't remember. No, you weren't there. I remember I twisted my ankle, and my like my like ankle was like a softball. Yeah. Yeah. I had to walk on crutches in college. Like it I, was just yeah. a fucking joke. I played. Uh, I played so- or not softball. I played teenager league baseball with an ankle sprain for two weeks before like I finally went and got checked out. They're like, yeah, it's been sprained the last two weeks. That's cool. Yes. <laughs> then I was on crutches right after that. Right after I figured out crutches. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you can't walk on that no, shit. It fucking no. sucks. I don't even know how you did that, to be honest. I don't either. That's... Pain, just lots of pain, doubling up the socks, wrapping it. Yeah, we've 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 went through hell through playing basketball and shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, when Steve broke his nose because of who, who Tony. was it? Tony Harding? Yeah, Tony Harding broke his nose. I don't know what. How did that happen? He um he was coming down court. It was a one on one, and he tried to he he went to go. For a crossover, but he lost the Put ball. The down. He lost the ball as he was going for the crossover, so he came back around to switch hands, and I went for the ball, and we just ah. collided. Ah. Yeah, you were bleeding. Did you wear a face mask the next time you played? No, I wanted to, but I thought I looked like a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> if I was wearing the LeBron Batman face <laughs> mask. <laughs> the Joel, Joel Embiid Batman. Mm-hmm. The, all, the all blacked out mask. I, uh, I, t- I turned around and I was like, I was like, oh shit, like, does it look all right? My buddy was like, my buddy was like, uh, was your nose a little bit crooked before? And I was like, well, yeah, a little. And he goes, nah, you're good then. <laughs> Dude, you were bleeding bad Dude, too. Yeah, like, it was, it was immediate, like, just, mm-hmm. we were like, all right, well, now there's blood at Mellow Court now. So yeah, nice. I can smell what the rock was cooking. My nose on the side of my face. Holy shit, that was, that was brutal too. Cause I was like, well, all right, well that's one less player now. Yep. Oh my god! You yeah. gave me a ride up there that day. Yeah, I gave you a ride up to a lot of places playing basketball. <laughs> good times. Terry, Terry was some good times, man. We gotta go up. We gotta go back up there. Um, but yeah, like what we were talking about after we just completely went off fucking track. Um, there's like nobody in the AFC that I really see as a threat. I don't see the Raiders as a threat. I don't see the Chiefs yet as a threat. Like the best team I can possibly see being a threat. Is probably the Jaguars, the Texans if Deshaun Watson's back healthy. He he, just, he surprised me. Is Walker, I, I fucking is Walker hated, to be healthy? <laughs> I hated him at Clemson. Hated him. Really? Absolutely hated him. As soon as he got into the NFL, I was like, wow, this kid's a stud. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to see him win. I, I'd love to see him win. Yeah, exactly. And the Chargers because there's been a lot of talk about Philip Rivers finally making his team into the fucking playoffs after a couple years, but I don't. Yeah. Personally, see it one because I know half his team is gonna get fucking. That was injured. Keenan Allen admitted to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, like every day. Well, he already had, well, he already had Hunter Henry going out for the year. Yeah, He's already out for yeah, the and Torrey's MCL really? ACL, right? Yeah. Oh my wow. god, no yeah. way! Wow. They, they can't. He can't catch a break. Just like South Park. Just getting Luke cancer, Stan. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Jesus. Oh my god. No, next to next to Tony Romo. Philip Rivers has had the best career with the worst surrounding team. By far, like it's those two guys from this era, Romo and Rivers, that just had nobody around them, and they've been doing their best for a decade, and yeah. they can't do anything. They can't. They, it's just so hard when you have nobody around you. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's just incompetency in the front office, basically mm-hmm. at that point, because essentially. Yeah, because you know, obviously, with the Tony Romo, you're gonna have Jerry Jones being a fuckhead, and then the Chargers just haven't figured anything out after well, Ladainian Tomlinson left. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it's like. Philip Rivers has worked with nothing. The fact that he... I thought the final straw was when they moved San Diego to Los Angeles because yeah, yeah. I think he really did love playing for, like, the San Diego Chargers and then they went to Los Angeles. He's like, well, what the... F- 
What are we doing? Like, oh, what's he the point? didn't want to leave. He's got like 50 kids and he didn't want to leave San Diego. <laughs> yeah, that is true. He does have a lot of fucking Bunch kids. of rivers run around San Diego? Yeah. Him and um, Cromarty. <laughs> Out there. Cromarty has like 15 kids. Yeah, Antonio Cromarty needs another team to and play. And he doesn't miss a game. No. Well, <laughs> he can't get signed now. Rivers, the Rivers and Cromarty families feel, like, feel two different NFL teams <laughs> play each other. Yeah, exactly. I, I hope those families are friends. I would really like to see like those kids. I would pay money to see like their kids face off. Family I don't care. Kids. I don't care what the age differences are. Like half the kids, half their kids make the NFL. <laughs> It'd be great. Is it, is there any team in the AFC that's going to surprise us though? Like, do we think there's any team? In the AFC? Yeah. Like we are. Like we already said, Chargers are probably going to. I don't. I, they might win the division. To be you honest. You know what team surprised me last year? The Chiefs when they fell off the place, the face of the fucking planet. Yeah, yeah, they do that a lot though. Oh Andy, Andy Reid is the coach. Poor Andy, dude. I fucking. I have two teams that, that to me have the chance to shock people. I'm not saying win a championship or compete, but two two teams that I legitimately believe have a chance to shock some people with how they win, and it's two teams I picked one and three this year, and at the Browns and the Jets, and I think that both of those the, teams are shockingly better than people The Browns have a fucking for. defense on them. Yeah, they got a good, the they, they got a good roster. It, it all comes down to head coaching and, you know, just... Play calling. Yeah, pretty much. They the, the Browns have have a hell of a defense. I think I think last year they, they were tremendously better. Um they just can't <coughs> they just seem like they can't put together a win. They can't put together an offense. Oh more yeah, so. yeah. I think I they should Kaiser out. was so abysmal for them. He had, he had chances he had chances to beat the Packers and he threw that ball to midfield. The, the first game of the season. They yeah. had the Steelers beat. Mm-hmm. And they blew it's it. Just... They have a chance, and I love Baker Mayfield, and I think that Baker Mayfield can really step in there and just completely change that whole entire team. And now you're looking at their defense with, you know, Emmanuel Ogba, and you got Miles, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, now I'm blanking on the name from the first overall pick last year. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, yep, that's, I almost said Miles Jack. I was like, nope, that's the Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> but, and then you got Denzel Ward in that back, that defensive back, and that team is starting to look really good, especially, I love Duke Johnson, and I love Corey Coleman, and I love these guys, you know, Josh Gordon. It's got some star power to it that I think that they can yeah. really surprise people and maybe win seven games. Who knows? Yeah, and they have Jarvis Landry. They have Carlos Hyde now. Yeah. Why not win a couple games? And I think i also been kind of looking at the Jets. Like, they can actually pull off a couple wins. The Jets were in bad last year. I, I seen, they, they put up a fight against New England. Yeah, they've... They they don't they didn't have a roster to win close games last year. I think mm-hmm. this year they can change that around. I think Jamal Adams is that's a safety's name, right? Jamal Adams. I think he's yeah. one of the best in the league. I, I think feel like he's, his conference is through the roof. They're just a slightly better uh, Cleveland though at this point. Yeah, I, I love I love Sam Darnold. I think that Sam Darnold is could be. I think that you're talking about the two quarterbacks right there, and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, to be the best ones out of this draft, and maybe the best ones in a while. I think that they both have that kind of potential. Absolutely. And when you add those to teams who are on the up and like up and coming, and I love Todd Bowles as a coach for the Jets. I love that whole that whole organization. It's a little bit dysfunctional, but they're doing right things. They're moving in the right direction. I don't know. I just think that those are two teams that can kind of surprise people. And they can honestly make the playoffs in this division, or in this conference, because, I mean... There's not much competition. <laughs> yeah, there's really not. I mean, I you know, a lot of people are saying the Broncos. I don't have faith in Case Keenum like mm-hmm. a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I, I He's got... He's got a, for real. 
It's defense is for real, and he's got some receivers, but I just yeah. The Vikings are just interesting because of their quarterback situation all the time, man. Like yeah, they have like they, they have like their fans like divided among like quarterbacks arguing like all the whole time. Oh yeah, now all their all three of the quarterbacks that are on the team last year are now just gone <laughs> because Teddy Bridgewater's on the Jets. Uh, Sam Bradford <laughs> is on oh the Cardinals. And he, oh, he shouldn't be with the Cardinals. Yeah, he shouldn't be playing in the NFL anymore. But he's on the Cardinals regardless. And you know, Case Keenum's a Bronco, so. Now you got um, Kirk Cousins there. And he's... I don't know about Keenum with that offense. I yeah. think Keenum's a solid quarterback. I don't. I don't see him fitting in with that offense. And see, the well. thing is with me is John Elway is like the worst at reading quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, he's just the fucking worst. So it's like. Are you telling me you don't like Paxton Lynch? No, I don't. Oh, you don't. You don't like Trevor uh, Trevor Simeon? No. No. What's the story? What's the story on, on Green Bay here? Well, why don't we talk about your team? <laughs> what, what? All right. So here's the story. We have Aaron Rodgers, and um, there you go. There's the fucking story. Because we don't have <laughs> a running whole team. Yeah, we don't have a running back. Did Eddie Cheeseburger lose his weight or not? <laughs> He's not even on the team anymore. No. No, he was at the Seahawks last year. Oh, that, holy shit, that's right. Yeah. He didn't play at all, though. No, he didn't play because he's still fat. fat. Yeah. But, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Dude, you have, like, one job in the NFL to, like, keep yourself, like, physically fit and, like, perform. But how, and, how is and, a running it's back? A, it's one thing if you're on, like, the line and you're too big for whatever reason. I don't know if you could be too big on the line with Vince Wilfork in the league. Yeah, that's right. At one time. Right. But, like, as a running back, how do you manage to get that big? You just eat Chinese food all the time. <laughs> you're probably just sick of getting tackled, and you're like, I need a solid layer of fat to protect my intestines. So it's amazing. I don't... <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, he got real fucking and fat. And they put incentives back. for him to lose weight. If you lose this much weight, we'll pay you this much money. I'll lose fucking 50 pounds for $20,000. Yeah, Jesus Christ. He even got together with the dude from P90X and worked out with him for a whole off season and lost like 10 pounds. What the fuck? Yeah, man. They... I just wouldn't eat anything for a week or something. I mean... Look, was he cheeseburgers all day? <laughs> cheeseburgers, Chinese food. He tweeted about all of it. But look, with Green Bay, it's we lost Jordy Nelson, but I mean he is older in age. I don't. But he was one of the most consistent receivers. Now. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it sucked. But I do love Devontae Adams. I've always been an, mm-hmm. an Adams fan. If you could catch the ball. Yeah, but but he's he was really good last, last year. year. Even yeah, with last even year with Brett up, even yeah. with Brett Hundley as the quarterback, he still put up at least decent numbers. Were you guys that game? Uh... Was that the game that Rodgers got hurt against the Vikings? Yeah. Was that the game? Yeah. And Hundley came in? Mm-hmm. Good times. <laughs> Dude, when I think of Green Bay, I don't even think of the actual football team. I think of that Greg Jennings video. Greg Jennings. Oh, we yeah. Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings, broken leg. This Look dude broke his... Oh, no. Darren Sharper, the hardest hitting safety in the league. Fuck out my way. Fuck out my way. But, yeah, no, it's... Receivers, I know they said that they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna do it. But how do, how would you feel about you know bringing the Dallas Cowboys leading touchdown receiver to pair with Aaron Rodgers? I wish they fucking would. I wish, I but they know, won't. I don't know if they could. Wasn't that game in Green Bay where it was this? It was a touchdown. It wasn't a touchdown. I don't, I don't give a shit, man. If we can get, <laughs> I don't know that, if you could. Listen, if there is, hour, man, don't bring that game up around me. We're gonna be talking for another three hours. <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to hear that conversation from Dalton. But look, if we had Des Bryant, like. I think Des Bryant needs a, a, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. He needs a guy that can throw downfield. That's Des Bryant's fucking specialty. So I think Aaron yeah, Rodgers can do that. Seven four. Yeah. So I think Des Bryant can <laughs> do that. Too. I would love to see Des Bryant there. We just brought Jimmy Graham, and I think he could, you know, make Jimmy Graham back to his old self. And we drafted two cornerbacks who I really do like. So I do enjoy that. But I still feel like 
it's just not enough. We could win the division with that team. I don't think we win the NFC with that team, especially with the Rams, especially with the Eagles. Especially with the Cowboys. Shut I don't up. think. Stop it. But <laughs> I, I don't think he had a bad quarterback last year. I just think he couldn't make it happen. No, he did no. have a bad quarterback last year. He had a great quarterback last year, and you're talking about Dez. Yeah, yeah. He had a great quarterback last year. The problem with Dez though is Dez. He's a, a downfield. He's just a different. He's just a different player than what we need for Dak. I think with exactly. Dak, you see someone like you know Alan Hearns <laughs> or Michael Gallup, who we just drafted in the third Alan round, Hearns. are two better fits for Dak. Alan Hearns is Dez with knows. Dallas now. Yep. Oh yep. fuck, man. Yeah, no, that's was, it's all right. They're still gonna go eight and eight. It went nine and seven last year, buddy. Alan Hearns <laughs> is a threat. Yes, that he kid is. was very underutilized last year. Yep, absolutely. And and that's the thing with Dak and Dez. It was like it just wasn't a good mix. I just don't think their styles of play work together at all. So I think Dez deserves. I really just hope the Packers sign him. But even Aaron Rodgers said, "I don't know why we would sign Dez and then get rid of Jordy Nelson." Well, yeah. the one. Yeah, I think Dez is younger, and two because you know Jordy's more consistent though. He already Jordy is more offense. consistent, but I think I See, think I, I don't I don't agree with that that Jordy more consistent because if you look back even like not this past year but 2016 when the Cowboys won 13 and three, when Dez was healthy he was putting up over 125 yards a game and a touchdown. He was the same old Dez. And just this year they had problems. He wasn't healthy this year. First of all, he had the arthritis in his knees. They're causing problems. I just feel like he, him in the right offense is a very consistent player. He's the kind of guy, like, even if you look against, you know, 2016 Cowboys had a game against Minnesota where nobody was doing anything. Well, Dez still went out there and caught 135 yards worth of, ca- or, you know, worth of balls and caught two touchdowns. And that's just the way that Des Bryant is. And I think that he can be just as consistent as Jordy Nelson but I he- and be just as dynamic. From what I hear, he's one of those guys that if he doesn't touch the ball enough in a game, he's not, he's not in the game. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's much more overplayed by someone like that. Like Fox Sports likes to play that one up a lot. I see Des Bryant as more of the kind of guy that is, you know, that passionate player. And you'll see him yelling on the sidelines. But if you go, I, you know, I urge you to go on to like a YouTube or something like that and look up like a sound effects or whatever they have, like where he'll they'll have the players mic. And yeah. he's not yelling. He's not yelling. You know, like Keyshawn Johnson, like give me the damn ball. Mm-hmm. He's saying like, let's go score a touchdown. He's like, let's go. This is our game and stuff like that. And that's just a normal person, a normal leader on a football team. That's the kind of stuff that he does that I feel like just gets overplayed. When he was younger, he definitely had a problem. But I think going through, going through all those years with a person like Jason yeah, Witten sure. and guys like Tony Ro- or Tony Romo and Tyron Smith and Sean Lee and these guys that are just phenomenal, you know, players and you know, perfect as far as off the field and stuff like that. I think it's really calmed down and turned him into this massive leader that I think is. You know, but not way overblown, like from Fox and if, stuff. If if that's true, though, then why would they get rid of him? Why would you get rid of someone who possibly could be one of the top receivers in the league? And, you know, that's a debate. I don't think that they should have gotten rid of him. I think that Des and Dak could have worked it out. But do you, you think that Des... the way? Do you think that it was was his play? Because you just you just said you know he's still one of the best, most consistent receivers in the league. Or was it, it his attitude? his health than anything okay. I think that his health staying healthy was a problem 
and justifying spending $17 million a year on a guy who's been hurt a lot of the last three years. I think that's tough to justify, especially when he's getting up there and he's more of an athletic receiver. He's the guy that's going to go up and get a ball. He's the guy that's going to stretch the field and, you know, make those big catches and stuff like that. I think when you get up in your 30s and stuff, you start to see a decline, especially with injuries. I just think that paying him $17 million a year was not warranted. But to go to someone like Green Bay and take eight nine million dollars i think he can go back to being one of the best nfl receivers if he stays healthy yep and i would love to have him in green bay because it'd just be nice i would hate it it would kill me on every single level but i think that's his best spot i think it is too and i think i because i don't see new england signing him and i don't see any other big team was there any other talks of him going he turned down who did he turn down ravens he turned down the ravens lamar jackson the ravens i'm excited i'm also excited i love that kid i love lamar jackson as well i already was on record saying lamar is going to be the best quarterback out of the this draft class i believe that i think he was the best was the best quarterback in the draft class absolutely not true quarterback but i think he was i think he was as well i think he could easily be michael vick 2.0 100 percent I think he could honestly be better. I think Michael Vick's think, arm wasn't as good as Lamar's. Yeah, I, I I think Lamar's arm is better. I appreciated the fact that he um he wasn't willing to play for a team, sign with a team that drafted him if they were trying to move him to a receiver. Yeah, so he, he wanted to stay at quarterback. Have. That is just the dumbest thing. If you could sit there and tell me that Josh Allen was good enough to play quarterback and Lamar Jackson wasn't, then you're, you just you deserve to lose your job. Mm-hmm. That was a bad, bad, bad statement by anybody who made that statement. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, no, I just... Like, do you want a threat at quarterback? Yeah. Someone who could take off and run the fucking 90, you know, 90, 100 yards. But yeah, let's sign Josh Allen, who wasn't even the best quarterback in his conference, which was the fucking Mac or some shit. Like, yeah, let's let's get him. That sounds great. No, that sounds like a Buffalo move. No, no, no. Buffalo didn't just get him. They traded up for him. No, yep, it, it you're right. Rosen's from Cal, right? Josh Rosen was from Cal. Yeah, Josh Rosen okay, from, was from US, UCLA. Oh, oh, you said that, okay. Because UCLA, yeah. Josh Rosen went to UCLA, and uh, Josh Allen went to Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen has the strongest arm maybe in the last decade in the NFL draft. I don't care about his arm strength, though. And the guy was completing 52% of his passes in a league where most of the people are going to be accountants when they get old. They're not NFL yeah. players. <laughs> Absolutely. It's tough He's to, playing it's tough to justify that. Yeah, exactly. And I'll end the show on this. You want to know who else who had a really, really, really strong arm? Probably one of the best ever. Jay Cutler. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We have that in set. All right. So I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. And I want to thank everyone listening. Uh, tune in for the next episode. And we will see you later. Crimson made it.